everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Anytime someone tells you that you cannot be a Christian just by believing in Jesus, but they think that you need to do uh, something else, and you can literally name anything, and I know in our world today we still add many things, but anytime somebody tells you Uh, that you cannot be in right relationship with God unless you do X, Y, and Z. Uh, They're most likely lying to you. And that is what the book of Galatians is really all about. Paul is trying to make the case uh, that the only thing you need for right relationship with God is belief in Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of things that come after that. But Paul is working very hard to say the only thing you need to have right relationship with God is faith in his son, Jesus Christ. And when you have that, uh, it does change your actions and you end up in right relationship with God. Today, we're looking at Galatians 1 to 3. Uh, The book of Galatians is so interesting. It's only six chapters, so it's not hard to walk through uh, the whole thing. Uh, but it is front and center to this conflict that's been happening. So we we read James, uh, we read Acts 15 and 16. These are all things we read recently. Um, all of these things, including the book of Galatians, are happening at a very similar time, late 40s, early 50s AD, uh, where the early church is having this significant problem. We've talked about it several times already. Um, but originally, followers of Jesus, people who believed Jesus was the Son of God, they still believed they were Jews. They thought they were Jews who understood who the Messiah was and were worshiping the Messiah. Now that Gentiles are being introduced into the mix, uh, the whole thing becomes more complicated because Jews did not interact with Gentiles. They thought Gentiles were just basically sinners. So now that these people who they had known, had learned, were basically just sinners, were coming into their their midst and trying to worship together with them. Uh, there was all kinds of cultural issues that became really problematic. And so Paul is preaching to the Gentiles that all they need to do uh, to come to right relationship with God, to have their sins forgiven, uh, to live a life that honors the Lord, is to have faith in Jesus as their atoning sacrifice. And the Jews in Jerusalem and other uh, Jewish areas, culturally speaking, they were saying that actually what you need to do is be circumcised and follow the law. So they were adding extra weight and more burden. So all this comes to a head at the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15. And the Jerusalem Council basically like says, no, you, you don't have to be circumcised to be a Christian. You don't have to submit to the law to be a Christian. Uh, you basically have to do only a few couple of things. And it's, it's listed out, let me find it here, uh, in Acts 15, verse 29. Abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. So the huge debate is what do you have to do? The Jerusalem Council decides... It's not much. It's this list of things. And yet, people are still trying to mislead people. So Paul writes this letter to Galatians, uh, to the church in Galatia, because this group of people known as the Circumcision Party are trying to um, redirect these early believers uh, to following the law. And Paul is furious. In fact, uh, a fun fact about Galatians is usually uh, Paul has kind of these flowery, flowing 
um, warm, kind introductions to his letters. He wrote most likely 13 letters uh, in the New Testament, and usually he's very kind in his intros. But the intro to the Galatians is pretty short, and he gets right to the point and actually says, I am astonished, this is chapter 1, verse 6, I am astonished that you are so quickly um, deserting him who called you in grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, basically the gospel of being circumcised and coming under the law. So the whole point of this book is that you are justified uh, with God. You are justified to God just by faith in Jesus. You don't have to do other things. And so some of the book is explaining kind of what's been happening in the church. And some of it is explaining uh, how we are saved and why we are saved. And that, that that's more in the second part. We'll get to that later. But probably one of the most interesting things Uh, in chapters 1 to 3, is this fight that Paul gets into with Peter. Unfortunately, Paul seems to enjoy a good fight every now and again. Yesterday, uh, in Acts 16, he was fighting with Barnabas to the point that he had to split up. Today, he's fighting with Peter. And what's happening is that the church has decided that Peter and John are primarily bringing the gospel to the Jews, and Paul and Barnabas are primarily bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. And Paul has done a lot, um, specifically in the area of Antioch, and Peter wants to come see what's going on. So when Peter comes to Antioch, Peter is very publicly enjoying the freedom that he has in Christ. He doesn't have to live under the law any longer because he's justified through Christ. And so he's eating with Gentiles, which means he's probably eating things that he hasn't eaten before, and he's hanging out with people who would be seen as sinners. And this is going along just fine. Peter is enjoying uh, fellowship with people who are new Christians. Uh, Paul's also there, and you get the idea that this has been going on for some time. So then James sends a delegation of Jewish believers from Jerusalem, and as soon as they show up, Peter starts acting completely differently. Um, Peter doesn't want to hang out with the Gentiles anymore because the people that he's known for a long time are now there, and he doesn't want to be seen hanging out with people who are understood to be, you know, less than, you know, good people. They're they're sinners. Uh, they might be believers, but they're not as good as the other believers. And so Paul gets in a fight with Peter and says, hey, you're being a hypocrite. You cannot be acting like this. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of funny because I think it's it's really easy for us to fall into that same kind of category. I mean, how easy is it to identify with your people, kind of your core group. And when you're away from that core group, you really enjoy uh, hanging out with people. And and even in a spiritual sense, you might go on a mission trip or something. Um, you might be, I don't know, even outside of your church. Maybe you're hanging out at a different church. Maybe you're, maybe you're from a more conservative church. You have some friends from a more charismatic group. You like to hang out with them. You like to fellowship with them. But when your conservative friends are around, you're like, oh, uh, I can't. I can't be hanging out with those guys that speak in tongues. That's a little bit too weird. Uh, th- this this happens. This happens in our church today um, where we reject fellowship with people for whatever reason it might be. Maybe we have subtle doctrinal differences. Uh, maybe we think we're better than somebody else. Maybe our friends think they're better than somebody else. Maybe there's some um, underground conflict that hasn't been resolved. But for whatever reason, we reject fellowship when when before we have enjoyed it. And... Paul would call us out and Paul would say, hey, stop, stop being hypocrites. Like we just don't have any room for hypocrites here. So Peter gets in trouble um, and Paul's making the case that like, hey, 
this is a whole new thing. We are justified by faith. Um, we're not, we're not going to do all that nonsense. We're not going to fall under this circumcision party uh, where people are saying that we have to do certain works to be justified. That's just not true. I also think that's why uh, he wraps up chapter 3 with probably one of the more powerful thoughts in Galatians 1 to 3. If you look at Galatians 3 verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. And this is this is going to be a developing theme throughout the New Testament. Um, Paul is saying, hey, we are followers of Christ first. So it doesn't matter if you're a Jew. It doesn't matter if you're a Greek. It doesn't matter if you're a slave. It doesn't matter if you're free. It doesn't matter if you're a man or if you're a woman. The thing that matters most about you is that you are a follower of Christ. And if you are a follower of Christ, then we have fellowship with each other because we are all heirs of God through Christ, his son. And so Paul's going to work very hard um, to not allow these differences that were that were a huge problem. I mean, the the early church, like when people would come together to worship, literally, and this is why Paul calls it out, literally, um, there would be a master who was a believer, and there would be a slave who was a believer, where normally uh, one person had authority over another. Now they're worshiping together with no authority over each other. Um, this was a whole new way. And so this is why Paul's saying, hey, when you are a follower of Christ, that's what matters. We can't allow these goofy uh, other differences to split us apart, which is why he gets in a fight with Peter. Uh, it's why he tells Peter he can't be a hypocrite. And it's why he's telling the Galatian church, you are justified by faith alone. And it's also why he's telling the Jerusalem church, you are justified by faith alone. Uh, the law was just kind of this guideline that helped us to live a life that honors God, but ultimately God's plan has always been that we are saved by our faith. And Paul's going to develop this even further uh, through chapters 4 through 6. So Galatians is a great book. Uh, as always, go read it for yourself. Um, but I think that the thing to remember today is that you have right relationship with God when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, he gave his life for your sin, and you're justified by his sacrifice and by his resurrection. And so when you do that, you have right relationship with God. Now, the second part of the book is going to show us that when you believe that, there are certain things you do because of that. And so just be encouraged by the fact that we are not uh, strangers of God. We are heirs of God. Um, we are sons of God. Paul's going to use that language uh, tomorrow. So we'll be back again tomorrow. Uh, we'll finish out Galatians at that point. We'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan Your Part. Don't forget, it is always more important that you listen to God's words rather than our words. So please stick around to hear the reading for the day uh, or go and find it in the Bible and read it yourself. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave a rating and write a review on whatever platform you are using to listen to us. Now that we have all that out of the way, here is the reading for today. Galatians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, 
who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory for ever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is any other one, but that there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I am st was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Chapter 2 Then after fourteen years I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were make no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those, I say, who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised, worked also through me for mine to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. 
and the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus, in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. But if our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too are found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Just as Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law, and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised Spirit through faith. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring who is Christ. This is what I mean, the law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by a promise, but God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law? It was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come, to whom the promise had been made, and it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. 
But the scriptures imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So then, the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now the faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God, through faith. For as many of us were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.